you're ready to have a social media manager when you're ready to let go of the reins and you're ready to let them step in and completely do their job because you hire them because they know how to do it. So when you're ready to let go and say, okay, I know you got this. That doesn't mean you can't have questions and that doesn't mean that you can't check in and see what's going on and all that. But you have to trust that this professional is going to do this. And I tell people who want to be social media managers, their business is their baby a lot of time. And for a lot of people, Instagram is their storefront. So it does take a lot of trust. But when you're ready to let go of the reins and when you have hard goals in place and when you have a marketing, some type of marketing funnel set up, you're ready for a social media manager. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 101 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet the CEO of Social Inc. Co., Erica Dukes. Five years ago, Erica was unexpectedly laid off from her job. This turn of events freed her up to try her luck at becoming a social media manager. Today, she not only runs her own social media management agency, but also teaches others how to launch and scale agencies of their own. For some business owners, social media is a dreaded task. During our conversation, Erica shares tips on how business owners can approach hiring their first social media manager. She also gives us insight into what it takes to run an agency and much more. Before we hear the rest of Erica's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Erica's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with the CEO of Social Inc. Co., Erica Dukes. Erica Dukes, welcome to She's Off-Script. Thank you for being here. Thank you so, so much for having me. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk about the field of social media management, but for any of our listeners who haven't heard of you or Social Inc. Co., could you share who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Erica Dukes, and I'm actually an Instagram strategist. I started off being a social media manager, like I'll manage anything. What do you want me to manage? Your Twitter, your LinkedIn, whatever. Um, and I kind of niched down into social media management. So that included creating content, doing like videos, visiting clients, creating ca- or capturing content for them. Um, also responding to comments and helping with their brand awareness and basically letting them be hands off when it came to their social media accounts and me just doing the heavy lifting of it and helping them expand their, their brand online in that space. Oh, wow. That's a lot for one person. That's a lot. We're definitely going to delve into that. But so for you, I know part of your background is that you were unexpectedly laid off from your corporate job, and then you decided to turn that corporate expertise into a business. But before that, how did you even get into the social media management space? So when I graduated college, I was in 2009. And my degree was in journalism, print journalism. So, I'm, you know, I did an internship with the New York Times and I'm like, I'm going to be working at a newspaper and I'm going to, or a magazine. But when I graduated college, that's kind of when social media became a bigger thing. Mm. And so I was doing work as, um, like a front desk, like administrator, you know, like an admin. Mm-hmm. And my friend got me a job with a company doing marketing. 
And part of that job was social media. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I enjoyed that portion of it. And so I was working there, kind of got into it a little bit, learned a little bit about Facebook. And then I got laid off from that job. Mm, then I tough got, times, right? 2008, 2009. Um, when, when I got laid off from that job? Well, right around that time, yeah. I feel like the market was unstable in general. Right. So I ended up landing a job with a company that does high school senior photography. And so mm-hmm. in that position, a part of my position was a small part was social media. And that was the part that I just truly enjoyed the most. And in fact, I created this whole job description and gave it to my boss and was like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, no, you're not we're, not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Oh. And like, I have put my all into this job description. It was everything that I wanted to do that had to go with social media and how it was going to benefit the company. And um, one day I came into work as a Friday and I had made my oatmeal. And then the de- graphic designer, who I'm still cool with, the graphic designer said, they want to see you in the other room. Mm-hmm. And also my logins weren't really working. So I knew it. I've been fired before, you know, (sighs) I threw away my oatmeal and I go in there and they say, Erica, you know, we're going to go in a different direction. And I didn't say anything. My face, my smile didn't go away. I just looked at them and they're like, well, I don't know if you knew, like they're looking for something from me. And like I I tell people like on the inside, I was just happy. I was relieved. Mm. I felt relieved because I kept on getting that little, you know, that little bug in my ear, Erica, you need to go, you need to leave, you need to leave. But it's so scary to, Mm. you did that push out the door. Yeah. And so it got to the point where I think God was like, look, you're not going to do it yourself. So I'm going to get you up out of here. So I'm looking for jobs in the social media space, because again, that was the aspect of the job that I enjoyed the most. It's the part that Mm -hmm. challenged me the most, um, in a fun way. And so I, I mean, I have pages and pages of jobs that I just went through trying to find a job and I had interviews and I couldn't get one. And then it became fight or flight because I have, I have a mortgage. And at that time I still had a car note. And so I said, I had this, this thing in my head where I said, I want to talk to this, this plastic surgeon that I knew because I needed somebody who could pay my core bills. And Mm -hmm. I knew, okay, what industry can do that? Plastic surgeons, doctors have money, you know, with money generally, but doctors have money. And so I had this whole conversation in my head of how I wanted it to go. I'm going to say, Hey, you know, you don't really have social media. You know, I do I have a social media management agency. So I went in there and that's exactly the conversation that I had in my head is exactly how it played out. So my first client was paying me $1,600 a month to manage Facebook and Instagram. And mm-hmm. I, didn't know what I was doing. but I, that's how it happened. And that's how I started by just believing that I can do this. Like I'm going to figure it out. But I think, I don't know if it's Steve Harvey who said the quote, I'm not sure who it was, but entrepreneurship is like jumping off a cliff and building the parachute on the way down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what this is. That's exactly what it is. So that's, that's how I landed into social media management. Just losing my job, fight or flight. And now here I am four years later, um, ready to teach other people how to do it. 
that's bold and you have to be gutsy if you're going to build a business of your own. But it's one thing to get your foot in the door and it's something entirely different to actually deliver, right? So that the doctor keeps you on number one and then number two, maybe even refers you to other people in his network or her network. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I also wonder, was there something about the way you were brought up or your background that made you comfortable with entrepreneurship as an option? I know you said it was fight or flight, but there are a lot of other routes you could have gone besides entrepreneurship. You know, what's interesting that you asked that is because maybe five or six months prior to me jumping into well landing into entrepreneurship i remember telling one of my friends i said i'm not an entrepreneur i'll never be an entrepreneur because everybody wants you to be an entrepreneur but that's not me you know you can't make everybody be one i i, I don't mind clocking in and i'm mm-hmm. like and here i am months later a whole entrepreneur so there's nobody in my family is an entrepreneur um i knew a few but nobody who was just like full-fledged making it like super successful at being an entrepreneur, nobody in my immediate circle. So I didn't really have anybody to lean on and ask like, well, how do you do this? You know? Mm. So it, it, it solely was for me how I was going to survive. And I was recently talking about, actually yesterday I was talking to my dad about this and I said, um, I think, like if all else had failed, I could have moved back in with my parents, you know? Right. But at this point I have been living on my own for like six years. I've had, I had had my home, home for like about six years. So going back home was like, what? <laughs> like, it's humbling. Yes. But you kind of, you have to do what you have to do. Right. So that's why I'm like, I know I could have gone back home, but for me, it was like, no, you're a grown woman, you know? you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. But it was kind of like, you know, my bank, you know, the mortgage is like, okay, okay, we gave you some time, where does money coming from? So that was like, you know, my unemployment is running out. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was just like, I had other places to go, like should something happen, but I I treated it like I did it. Mm -hmm. That was enough drive for me to keep on going and to figure out what I was going to do. And like I said, because finding a job wasn't working and I knew I was, I think it was, I was so headstrong. As you say that makes me think, I guess I was so headstrong. I'm doing social media. I did not apply for any job that was outside of that. And I didn't know every single job that I applied for was for social media. I didn't try any other, other skills I had, like admin work or, you know, just, Mm -hmm. you know, just for the, in the meantime, and so I could find another job. No, it was like, this is what I want. And I stuck to that. I also wonder if in your mind, you knew what you wanted, but when employers were looking at your resume, they were just like, "Eh, have you done this enough? Have you done it enough for us to want to hire you? And the alternative was to build your own, right? So you can prove it to yourself and show that you can do it because they wouldn't give you a chance. Right. And that's, that's what it was like when I was getting the interviews. And I'll tell you a funny story. Mm. I had an interview with the company uh, during this period when I was looking for a job. And I did, it came down to between me and another person. And they, you know, the other person was a better fit. So cool, fine. You know, that is, that's part of the game. You know, it's what happens a year later at this point with, within a year in my business, I was doing really well. 
And so the hiring manager, the position became open again. And so the hiring manager called me to come back and interview again. And so I go in and I interview and they offer me the position. The difference now is that I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. The difference now is that I know how this role goes. So I try to negotiate the terms like, because I had clients and they, I had clients paying me more than they were going to pay me. Oh, I was making more on my own than I would have been making there. So at that point, I said, I'm willing to do this, but as a contractor work, contract worker, and mm-hmm. I will come into the office one day out the week. And now that was on my terms, you know, so. <laughs> you were, you were trying to negotiate entrepreneur terms because you've gotten used to that for a year. <laughs> I'm like, I'll come in once a week and, um, you know, I'll come in for meetings, but now I know that being a social media manager, it doesn't require you to be in somebody's office. All the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not necessary. You can do this job from anywhere unless you know, there are specific specifics like where you have to be for meetings or there's events going on, that type of thing. But yeah, I tried to negotiate. They weren't with that, but <laughs> it, was, it, it was spoils a- you a little bit. It spoils you when you are operating on your own terms for so long. It does. And it was, um, and it also was like a good reflection for me to see how far I've come from a year ago when I was, you know, so desperately trying to find a job. And then it's like, here I am now and I'm doing, I'm doing well for myself. And it it felt really, really good. I love that. And so as a social media manager, you mentioned that you're doing a lot of things, creating content, graphics, writing captions, what engaging with followers, answering questions, DMs, comments. That's a lot. So what did the progression or the growth of Social Inc. Co. look like? So it started off when I, when I started, and this is why I tell people, like, I, I started as a social media manager, meaning, mm-hmm. like I said, I'll manage any of your accounts. And then as I started going on, I started niching down, which was so important. And then I realized I don't really like managing Facebook. I don't want to do mm. Twitter and LinkedIn. I like Instagram. So then mm-hmm. I became Instagram management. And mm-hmm. then the company, I started transitioning down into, uh, well, I really enjoy the strategy part of it. I really enjoy building authentic relationships and understanding behavior on Instagram and how, what makes people like, what makes people convert and how your funnel how Instagram falls into your marketing funnel. Mm-hmm. And I'm niching more to Instagram strategist. So Social Inc. has a handful of clients, but I'm more so, I love the strategy part of it more so than that day-to-day because it is something I teach my students is that when you start off, you're going to be doing all the roles, you know, you're mm. going to be gra- doing that graphic design. So I had to learn, I had to teach myself. And that was something that I learned though in corporate America. I learned how to do Photoshop, use Photoshop and create graphics and design. So that wasn't a waste of time. Like all that stuff mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am the one, you know, I had to learn how to create graphics. I had to learn how to split up my time to respond to comments. I had to learn how to create a calendar. I had to learn um, how to hold meetings and do end of month reports and, Mm-hmm. all that stuff. So we definitely started off with everything. And now with my clients, I have a graphic designer 
mm-hmm. um, who creates all the designs. So I don't have to worry about any of that. They're creating all the designs for my clients. And now, you know, as more one-off things for people who do want to work with me, I do audit, Instagram audits to kind of position them and see where they're going and uh, what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong or where I see some gaps in their content and their flow and their cat mm. and everything. So it's interesting. You mentioned that you have a handful of clients that you're doing the management for given the amount of time you have to dedicate to each client. How does one scale a social media management business? I think you scale it, you know, little by little. So it's starting off with what, what is it that you don't like to do or Mm -hmm. don't know how to do? So for example, with me, graphic design, the time that it will take me to do some graphics, some graphics, I might as well have just paid somebody. Mm-hmm. So those mm-hmm. are the things I always say, like, what are those things, parts of the manage or parts of social media management that are just a little bit harder for you or take up all your time or are hard for you to do. And mm-hmm. then you find somebody who can do that for you. Um, another thing that's really difficult is like the engagement part engaging with your niche, your, your target demographic, responding to comments that come to the page after you post, mm-hmm. like those types of things are the, the time suckers. And those are the things that people should pay you to do because it, social media is 24 seven. Yeah. You don't get a day off, you know, um, a lot. but definitely like, like I said, look at all the aspects. And this is something we I teach in the, in the accelerator program all the different parts of social media management and understanding that you're going to do it all probably at first, but mm-hmm. then start picking apart those little small aspects that you can give to somebody else. And that's how you begin to scale and you can bring on more clients because you have somebody doing that lifting of the things that don't really work for you. Mm. So at this point, four years in, what does your team look like? So right now my team is just me and my graphic designer. Because wow, how many clients are you able to handle? Because most people are overwhelmed just by their accounts. No, I have my account on lock. Thank goodness. I see, and you know why though? The reason why I have my account on lock is because I understand my audience. And I tell people mm-hmm. too, if I post more than like three times a week, my because people think you have to post every day. When we say be consistent, it's being consistent for your audience, and you have to learn your audience. If mm-hmm. I want to post more than three times a week, my, my audience is going to say, all right, Erica, like that's enough, you know, <laughs> no, we, we stop engaging with you. Right. Right. And for some people, they need to post every single day. Um, I think it's mostly because I have a system down. So, and, and when you have systems in place, it makes everything so much easier. So my, mm-hmm. for my clients at the end of each month, I'm meeting with my clients and we're coming up, I'm asking them, what are your goals for next month? What are you doing in your business? So once I know what they're doing in their business, then I can create goals for the following month. This is, this is what we're trying to push. They have a launch coming out. They have a new ebook or a new freebie. This is what we're trying to push. I then send all that information to my graphic designer and she's bomb. She's been pumping out content the whole month of the whole month worth of graphics and everything all at once. And I'm getting everything at the beginning of the month. Amazing. And so we might have changes here or there, but for the most part, everything is completely done. So mm-hmm. then I'm where we're adding in the captions or the clients are adding in the captions. We're getting it approved. And at the beginning of the month, we're done and we're just scheduling it out. 
and it's just it's just going out. So at that point, all we have to do is engage on the days that, you know, the content is being pushed out. Wow. I mean, I think that's what they tell us all to do is plan the content in advance so that you're not feeling pressed on that day, figuring out what you're going to, what you're going to post. So it sounds like that's what you're doing, but on a larger scale for more clients. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's learning where, cause it, you know, I'm not a huge fan of creating bulk content because things change so much. Mm. So it's like, you can do that, but be willing to adapt and be willing to change and be willing to create content on the fly to keep up with trends or making sure you're doing your stories or you're now reels. If you're doing reels, uh, staying, staying on top of all those things, but definitely having systems in place is going to be key. If you're managing a lot of clients, like for, I won't manage more than five at a time. That's my cap. If it, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. I cannot do it. And mm-hmm. so some people can because they have social media managers who work underneath them and social Inco is going to get to that point. I'm just trying to get some other things in order first, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, as you scale, you can bring on people to solely handle these other accounts and you can bring more on. But don't definitely don't overwork yourself and put these systems and workflows in place so that it's easier for you. Because the last thing you want to do is stay online all the time. What am I going to post? Oh, I forgot to do this. You know, it doesn't have to be like that at all. How do you feel about bots? Because sometimes I'll see comments or DMs where I'm just like, this is clearly a bot because there are no followers, zero posts, and yet they're DMing me. How do you feel about those? I think it's ridiculous. And I don't know who's paying for these things, but I'm blocking and I'm, I'm reporting them and blocking them. Okay. Because this is the thing. There's one that's been going around recently. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like, it's, a, it's kind of the thing where people will create these fake accounts to mm-hmm. DM you to tell you to check out another page. Mm-hmm. Those are like the worst thing ever. And it's so Instagram craves authenticity and mm-hmm. it craves real engagement. So anytime that you're like faking that Instagram itself is going to catch on mm-hmm. and they're going to shut you down. It may take some time for it to catch up to you, but they're going to shut you down. It's like, it doesn't take a lot. If you were to take 15 minutes out your day and to engage, you can get a lot done. Cause if you go through, let's say you go through three different hashtags that are in your niche and mm-hmm. you go through those and you comment authentically. If you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. Go to the next picture. You <laughs> forcing you to talk to these people. Nobody's forcing you, you know, go to the next picture. If you don't have anything to say, if it doesn't align with who you are, or who you are as a brand. Mm-hmm. But, the, the, the thing is, if you spend three minutes going through hashtags, you know how many hashtags you can go through in that amount of time? You go through a lot, in, or a lot mm-hmm. of posts and comment. And then you spend time going to your own Instagram feed. Like, it doesn't take a whole lot. I think people think they get overwhelmed by the whole thought of it. But 15 minutes, you can get a whole lot of engaging done. You can get it. Mm. So speaking of business owners getting overwhelmed, what is a good time in the progression of a company's growth to take on a social media manager? That's a great question. 
you're ready for a social media manager when you have your business goals in place. And a lot of times when I say business goals, people confuse that with Instagram goals. So Mm. a business goal is going to be, um, in December, I'm having a virtual summit and I want to have 3000 attendees. All right, great. Now I can do something with that. So what I'm going to do is now, because I can create that into an Instagram goal of like getting you website clicks, increasing your brand awareness, that type of stuff. So you need to have real goals in place. They don't have to be large scale like that. It could be, I want more email. I want, you know, uh, 60 email signups during the Mm -hmm. month of September. That's a business goal. So you need to have business goals in place. You also need to have some type of email, not email, you need to have some type of funnel in place because mm-hmm. your social media manager job, it may be just to you know, keep people engaged online, but ultimately we all want people to click that link in our bio and to get people to go somewhere else that you want to have a funnel in place. So what happens mm-hmm. after I click that link in the bio, what's the next step? So if you're like, well, I don't know, they just go to my website. Like, are you getting them, you know, what for don't lose them. You've right. got their attention. <laughs> you know, is there, you know, do you have emails set up? And a lot of times people don't because they just don't know that they need those types of things. But these are things that are going to be helpful for you to have a social media manager. You're ready to have a social media manager when you're ready to let go of the reins and you're ready to let them step in and completely do their job because you hire them because they know how to do it. So when you're ready to let go and say, okay, I know you got this. That doesn't mean you can't have questions and that doesn't mean that you can't check in and see what's going on and all that. But you have to trust that this professional is going to do this. And a lot of times I tell people, you know, who want to be social media managers, these are these people, this is their their baby, their business is their baby a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, Instagram is their storefront. So it does take a lot of trust, but you, when you're ready to let go of the reins and when you have hard goals in place and when you have a marketing, some type of marketing funnel set up, you're ready for a social media manager. So on the flip side, as a business owner, how do I assess what kind of social media manager is a right fit for my business? What should I be looking for? So you want, if somebody guarantees you results, run. You don't want to work with any social media manager or Instagram manager who's going to guarantee you results. Instagram Mm. changes way too much and there's way too many variables for Mm -hmm. them to guarantee you anything. So you want to work with somebody who has had some experience in your space or if not, or if you're willing to take a chance on somebody who may not have done like, for example, a podcast, um, but they've worked with coaches or they worked with entrepreneurs. If you're an e-commerce brand, you may want to say, Hey, well, have you worked with any other e-commerce brands? Some things you want to look for is them asking you what your business goals are. I I can't stress how important that is because if you're a business owner on Instagram, Mm -hmm. you have business goals. You have a bottom line. Yeah. Instagram is one piece of the puzzle. It's just one piece. It's not the whole thing. So you want somebody who's going to actually understand that. Mm-hmm. And they're talking a lot about getting you more followers. More than likely, the business owner is going to talk about that. But if, they're, if a social media manager is using that as an attraction tool, like, I'm going to get you all these followers, but followers don't mean conversion. That's right. So 
you want to look for somebody who's really talking about your business and what you're trying to accomplish with your business. They're talking about how they're going to report to you, how they're going to tell you what's going on, how they're going to measure success, those types of things. That's good. Sometimes it can be overwhelming because you're overwhelmed, but then there are also a lot of people out there claiming to be experts in everything. So it's really difficult to wade through you know, everyone out there and decide who to work with. Yes, I totally understand that. (laughs) So now you've kind of gotten to a different level of your business where you're teaching other people how to launch and scale their own social media management business. Yes. So how do I know if I'm ready to go from being a freelance social media manager to building an agency? You know, when you're ready, when you're tired of the nine to five, and you really want to just focus on your business uh, or building that agency, you know that you're ready. Like if you're having, if you have like clients that you can't keep and that you keep losing them, then you're probably ready for some guidance and probably ready for this accelerator program. I think that's some of the things that I've heard from some social media managers. It's like they can't find clients or they're having problems just keeping them. It's just like, it's rocky. Like there's, they're just kind of all over the place with it. It sounds like one of the biggest challenge for social media or new social media managers is they can't find clients. So for you, how has that process of getting clients evolved in your business over time? Because you started out with a Hail Mary to (laughs) a plastic surgeon and have you refined that process over time? What I end up doing is, which is interesting. I started when I started on my Instagram account. I was still, I still had the corporate mindset, and I was still super like polished. And you know, hello, boardroom style Barbie. <laughs> if you didn't know, you know, my name is Erica, and I do social media management. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares, and that's not relatable. So mm-hmm. one day I said, I'm going to be myself. For example, I enjoy cursing. I'm going to curse on my page because this is my business. It's your page. It's mine. I can do what I want on this page and I'm going to do it. So when I let, when I let go of that corporate lifestyle and really realize this is your, this is you. you Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. that's when my followers came. So and that's why I tell people, be yourself. And people, I don't know how to be myself. Yes, you do. Talk to your audience the same way you talk to your friends. And mm-hmm. that's my approach on social media. I talk to people the same way I talk to my friends. And that's what changed my business because people are like, I feel like I'm talking to my homegirl. I'm like, because mm-hmm. you, you, you attract the right kind of people yes. because it gets easier to speak their language. And when you're selling something... Right. Right away. They latch on. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is it. Exactly. And, and that's why it's so important to know who your target demographic is because you know how to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And it's the key. Mm -hmm. So once I started doing that, I just started kind of attracting people to the page and a lot of it became word of mouth. Um, and so now it's like, I'm booked and I've been booked for probably like two years. And I mean, I may open my calendar secretly like once a year. Just to see who, who can jump in there really quickly. Because oh, I, I know you have a wait list. It'll be like somebody will email me. And I'm like, I just so happen to have a space open. So, okay, yeah, come on in. But, and that's another thing about this accelerator is because I get 
so many people asking me, I want to create like a referral system where now I can hook you up with and pair you with my students who have been trained by me. You know, mm. not only that, but because I know my students, I know what they're good at. I know, you know, I know Kim is really great with e-commerce brands and I know she loves that. This person wants a social media manager and they have an e-commerce brand. I can make that happen. You know? I love that. I love that you kind of lend your credibility to your students so that it gives them a hand, but it also helps you out in the long run. Yeah. I often hear that women business owners undercharge for their services. So when it comes to prices, what advice do you have for anyone who's currently building a business in this space? Make it make sense. That's my biggest thing. You have to outline exactly what you're getting pe- giving people and price it accordingly. And I'm not saying that has to be like some huge number, but there's value and there's perceived value. Like I said, social media is 24-7. It does not mm-hmm. stop. Your client is going to expect for on the on on Saturday evening when when you're out having a drink or when you know whatever you're in the house having a drink that comment comes in. They're going to expect for you to respond to that comment. So you need to be paid for that, though. You know, and yeah. but it also has to make sense where if you're going to post to my page three times a month, I'm not paying you a thousand dollars for you to pay some my, you know, so it's like, mm-hmm. you can't just try to get over on people either. Take the time to truly think about what's included in your packages mm-hmm. and what your, what benefit is it going to have for your, your, you know, the client. And you have to explain it though. Cause I think that for a lot of people, you, you, you know, that Instagram is hard if you try to, or social media can be hard if you've done it on your own, you try to do it on your mm-hmm. own. You're like, this is overwhelming. I don't know what I'm doing. But you have every little thing that you're doing, you need to explain that to the client so they they understand the value that they're getting in hiring a social media manager, especially somebody who's trained, especially somebody who really knows what they're doing. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into it. A whole lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. A whole lot. Graphic design and talking and coming up with strategy, monthly strategies, however often you do your strategy, it's a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And giving wow. results. Like if you're, if you can give results, that's a whole nother thing. And you better get compensated for that too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, don't be scared. Like, and another thing I had to learn more recently is with contracts, like you need to have a clause in your contract that like, okay, let's say you start off with a company and you're, you know, you're increased their revenue in one month or in three months, you increased it by $500. And then the next month, you know, you increase their revenue by $1,000 and you're steadily increasing their revenue. Well, you need to have some type of clause in your, your, your contract where, okay, at the end of every three months, we're going to reevaluate because the price may go up. Mm-hmm. It's only fair that if you're giving your client amazing results and you can attribute it straight to Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is you're, you're, you know, you're helping them with, you should be compensated for that. That's smart, especially if it's an e- if it's an e-commerce business and on Instagram people can purchase right there. Exactly. So if you're able to structure things in a way that you're getting direct sales as a result of your efforts, why not? Yes. You are proving your worth. You're right. proving the return on investment. And every business owner wants a return on investment. So if you're mm. proving that, you should be compensated for that. So again, that is something you want to put inside of your contract that we're going to reevaluate this 
at the end of three months or at the end of six months or however, you know, it makes sense for that client. Wow. So Erica, it looks like you've come a long way from trying to get one client to take a chance on you to now having a full wait list and teaching other people how to build their own business. But for you, how will you know when you've succeeded? I know when I've succeeded, when I see my clients getting results. And when I see my clients saying we hit our numbers or I signed on new clients or we sold out though that for me is the biggest reward in this you know or with my Instagram audits and I'm getting those messages like oh my gosh it worked I had one client for Instagram audit and I had her change her Instagram bio and we worked through it and she said, it worked. Somebody actually called me to book me for a, like a conference, like a virtual oh. conference. Like that for me is like, it's satisfying to know that what I'm teaching people, when you apply it, it works and you get the results because I want everybody to win at this because mm-hmm. believe it or not, Instagram is not hard. You just have to understand how it works and you have to understand your target audience and how they think and how they behave, what their pain points are and how to talk to them without making yourself the hero. So talking to them and allowing them to understand that you understand their pain points Mm -hmm. and that you have the solution to help them. Everything you said is true and it's kind of the solid thing to do, but I got to ask what, what are your top three Instagram hacks to get new accounts to that coveted 10,000 mark? Give it to us. How can we do it tomorrow overnight? Cause that's the unrealistic question people ask. <laughs> you better have, you have some ads. Okay. <laughs> followers get some ads. You know what? I always say that I don't do hacks because Instagram doesn't work well with hacks. Instagram workflow mm. strategy. So the big, the best thing you can do is understand why you're on the platform. Mm-hmm. So if it is, if you tell me I want 10,000 followers, let's dig into that. Why do you want 10,000 followers? The real reason why you want 10,000 followers is because you have a launch coming up and you want to be able to sell to those people. Mm-hmm. So really what you need to be doing is establishing yourself as the authority in this space so that people actually want to get it. Because even if you have those followers, if you don't know what you're talking about, or you don't, you haven't shown that you know what you're talking about, they're not going to mm-hmm. buy that when you launch. All those followers aren't going to mean anything. So understand why you're on Instagram and what you're trying to achieve on the platform. The second thing is to actually engage with people. and. Talk to people. Talk to people normal, though. Mm-hmm. Pull somebody's picture and say, cool, pick. You wouldn't say that in real life. Oh, that just feels so spammy uh, and body. I'm just like, oh, who are you? <laughs> be normal. Be mm-hmm. normal. And the third thing is to show up and show up consistently. And consistently doesn't mean that you have to post every day. What it does mean is show up in your Instagram stories. Show people behind the scenes. Show people the process of you creating something. Show people what you do on a daily basis. You don't have to show your face. Mm-hmm. You know, have fun with it. Show people the latest thing you're eating, your recipe. Tell, show them, talk to them about a challenge that you're doing. Talk to them about some mistakes that you've made in your business and what you learned from it. You can lead up to that launch in your Instagram stories too. 
just by giving a little insight, a little behind the scenes. And the beautiful thing I always say about Instagram stories is it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be specially curated to match your feed. It's the raw, unedited part of you. And that mm-hmm. is one of the best ways to make a connection with your audience is just by showing up in your Instagram stories. Love it. Such great advice. Now for anyone who's just like, who is this Erica person? How can I work with her? How, how can we get in on your accelerator? Or if you have any spots for companies looking to hire on a social media manager, how can we do that too? So first thing, you can follow me on Social Inc. Co. That's on Instagram. And I do have spaces for Instagram audits if you want to work with me one-on-one. If you want me to manage your social media, your Instagram, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know about that. We'll just have to... (laughs) (laughs) She's booked. Booked, blessed, and busier. Whatever they say. (laughs) Um, But I would love to match you with somebody If you are looking to be a social media manager, I do have an accelerator program. After this, this is the beta launch. So after this launch, I do plan to launch again at the top of the year. So starting the year off, learning some new skills. I want to refine this and make this even better for everyone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm here and I hang out on Instagram. So... You can definitely come over and hang out with me. I talk back. You can look at my comments. I respond to everybody. And if you're spammy, I'm deleting you. <laughs> Give you a button. I'm deleting you. <laughs> well, Erica, I really appreciate all of the gems you dropped on us today. And I'm looking forward to hearing how everything goes with the Accelerator's beta launch. Thank you so much, Erica. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you so much. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.